sermon. Does anyone know the name of the series that we're in? It's been two weeks since we last talked about it. My family. Does anyone know which week we are in? That's a harder question. Weeks, I heard six, two, dark horse, three. It is week six. Last question, and you don't need all of them, but what have been the last, the past five that we have done? Title of the series, I mean title of the messages. Any of the five. If you're a note taker, you can cheat. Huh? Grace, yes, yeah. What, what were some of the other phrases we used? I heard it. We go low. What else? We go, yeah, we're extra mile people. Work hard, play hard. That was week one. We make it better. That's it. <laughs> and now we are in week six. So, if you are taking notes, which I respect you for that, this is what you are going to want to write down. You may have heard of this in the church, but it is something we as revival also have in our culture. And that is that we are together on mission. That is something Inland Vineyard says all the time. And we can throw it right on the screen so you guys can see it. But that really is a core culture. I don't know. It doesn't sound as good. It doesn't sound as good. But Together on Mission is our sixth culture that revival is constantly pursuing and bought into. We have said that word a lot. If you've been going here for at least a month, you guarantee heard it. And even if you've heard it, you may not fully understand what it means and why we say it. So today we're going to talk about that and specifically how that relates to revival for all, our culture. So the first thing we want to do, let's kind of break it up and let's just talk about the phrase of what together on mission means. And if God really is backing that up. In every single message we've talked about, well, this is something we do, but we want to make sure God is, is with us on that. So we can reference the Bible, and we have quite a bit of verses. There's a lot of content that supports this culture. The first thing that we are going to go to is Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes, chapter 4, verse 12. We'll throw it on the screen. It says this, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Man, I love that verse. I always go to it because it's simple. It's simple to understand that together we are strong. I mean, that's, that's like a, a bare basics explanation of it. But that's not the only thing that God tells us about being together. Let's go to James chapter 5, verse 16. 
Okay, on, on that one, it says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Okay, so in Ecclesiastes, it says we're strong together. And in James, God says that we are healed together through prayer specifically. But that's like, that's like a spark note of it. James chapter 5, verse 16 is also saying, well, together we're also healed. And let's go to the last one I'm going to reference, which is Romans chapter 15, verse 6. And, and let's read that together too. Throw it on the screen. And in Romans, it says, so that with one mind and one voice, you may glorify the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. And if you don't know what that means, let me give you a translation. Basically, what God is saying is we're not just strong together. We're not just healed together. But in Romans chapter 15, verse 6, it also says that we worship together. So God is a big supporter of together and being together, right? There's a lot more I could reference, but in the interest of time, let's just talk about those three. And if you don't know what that means, really, here's, here's the phrase that you can kind of write down. What, what these verses are is telling us is that God has created us to thrive together. It's as simple as that. You don't need to overcomplicate it. At the end of the day, what those three verses are telling us is that he has specifically created us to thrive together. But it doesn't just end there. Because some of you might be like, well, Zach, I get that. But, I mean, I don't really need to thrive. I mean, I'm fine by myself. And let's just, let's just be honest right now. Some of you have already gotten there. Some of you have already concluded that for you, you're good. Yeah, sometimes company is good, being together is, I get it. But I'm, I'm pretty self-sufficient when I'm alone too, Zach. I mean, I feel like you're underestimating me. Underestimating me. And I get that. All right, let's, let's, let's talk about what God says about that. Because he has some thoughts. Let's go back to the verse because that's our credibility. Let's go to Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. On the screen, we're going to read it. It says, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. So day one, God is like, you are not created to be alone. Not only do you thrive together, but you're literally, I mean, it's, it's a quote. It is not good for the man to be alone. If that's not enough, let's go to the next one. Proverbs chapter 18. I'm just shotgunning you guys with verses. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 1. Let's go to it on screen. An unfriendly person pursues selfish ends and against all sound judgment starts quarrels. So in Proverbs, it's telling us beyond that, that you... You don't want to pursue things alone. Don't be selfish. Don't, don't go alone. 
Don't go against what people are recommending to you. Be together, not alone. The last one is Ecclesiastes chapter 4, and we're going to read verses 9 to 10. Two are better than one. Well, I mean, that's just straight at your face. Because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. So guys, the reason I'm just like going through all these verses is to just like show you that God not only supports being together, but he's, he's basically telling us it's essential. And here's something you can write down, all right? Because God has built our success on the prerequisite of being together and our ultimate demise on being alone. And it's going to be there on the screen for you guys. That is how God has created us. Our success is dependent on when we're together. And our demise is when we're alone. If there's one thing we can take away from six verses, and if there's one thing you want to remember from this, it's that. You don't have to remember the verses. It's a reference for you to understand, like, okay, God backs this up. He supports this. But what you have to understand is that we are literally created and we were literally designed to succeed only when we're together. And that we will fail when we're alone. I mean, in Proverbs, it's pretty blunt too. Two is better than one. Don't do it alone. Don't pity the person that decided to go alone and, and, and needs them at trying times. You know, when I was reading all these verses, it kind of reminded me of the TV show Power Rangers. Which, am I dating myself by referencing that? Is any, has anyone, like, does anyone know what Power Rangers is? Thank you. Thank you. Well, hold on. Let me say it. Does anyone not know what Power Rangers is? Dang. Dang. All right. Well, here. Let, let me just explain something to you guys. Okay? So, so to, without getting into it too much, okay, when it comes to Power Rangers... This is kind of how it would go. And this would be like the climax of an episode or maybe the season. Basically, all the rangers would have an enemy that was too overwhelming for them individually to take out. And usually it was this like really big monster. Something you'd see from like King Kong, but like a kid version. And basically, they would combine their, like, almost like an Autobot. And together, they would be able to take it out. And the thing is, what God is telling us 
And, and what God is explaining how we're designed is we were designed to not do it alone and to not face opposition alone, but together. Because if we are alone, we'll fail. And if you're still asking the question, Zach, okay, I get it, but why? Why do we need to be together? You're saying that the Power Rangers had this massive monster to defeat, but we're not in a TV show where there's alien monsters left and right. Why are you telling us we need to be together? Guys, if that still doesn't make sense to you, let me explain real quick, okay? The reason that we need to be together is because we have an enemy that will defeat us if we're alone. If you don't understand that, let me be the first to enlighten you. God is not just telling us to be together so we can kind of like auto-bought it up and then, you know, go get a shake. He's, te- <laughs> He's telling us, hey, the reason why I, I, I created you guys for this and I designed it this way is because there is an enemy and this enemy is going to defeat you. He's going to overcome you if you do it alone. That's your answer right there, point blank. And on top of it, here's a little inside scoop. This is like the game plan of Satan. If you haven't figured it out yet, what Satan is doing is he is specifically trying to get us alone. That's what he wants. He wants us to not be together. He wants us to be isolated. To be separated. You want to know his strategy? That's it. He's like, whatever I need to do to get this person out of there or away from this group, disconnected. And guys, when you buy into the idea of being together, here's the thing that happens. And this is, this is when we start getting to the next, the next step. If you buy into that, then here's the first thing you're going to do. And the first thing that you're going to step and do. You're going to step into the reality that together you're going to win and together you're going to lose. That's the first thing. If you're alone, you allow people to fail and succeed. But if you're together, it's a package deal. And half can't win without the other also winning, and vice versa. That's the first thing I want to explain to you. But we're not just talking about one word, right? We're not just talking about the culture of being together, right? That's a big aspect, and we know that God supports it. We know that he's bought in, and he's like, hey, you got to do this. But the culture that we want to have a revival is to be together on mission. So 
Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the mission that revival has. And in order to answer that, the type of questions you need to ask is, well, the mission of revival, well, I mean, well, what are we doing here, right? In order to understand the mission, we need to know the purpose of being here at Revival. Or better yet, Zach, why are we even here? Why do we come on Wednesday? If you know the mission, you can answer that question. And guys, if you aren't solid on that, if that's a little foggy of like, well, you know, I never really thought about that. I never really understood the why we come here, the, the, the mission of revival. Well, let's talk about it. I mean, it's important. The phrase I want to tell you guys that if I could put it in just a sentence, this is what it would be. The mission of revival is going to be on the screen is that we are here to actively pursue God and reflect Jesus onto others. You want to know the mission? That's it. Why are we here? One sentence. That is our mission. And along that road of actively pursuing God and reflecting Jesus onto others in revival, here's what happens along that way. One thing, we never stop growing. We're a group that is always growing. The second thing that's going to happen along the way is that we're going to be surrounded by people all going in the same direction. There, it's not like everyone has different goals, different outcomes of this group. Everyone's on the same page and going to the same location. And you're surrounded by those people in this group. That's what happens along the way. And the last thing that happens is... We build authentic relationships that last a lifetime. And you may not fully understand the magnitude of that statement, but it's powerful. I'm going to say it one more time because I want you guys to understand this. What happens along the way of us doing this is that we... Build authentic relationships that last for a lifetime. Most of you guys are in your teenage years. You've only lived a certain amount of time up to this point. What I'm telling you is that the potential and what happens when we do this is not 
something that ends in two, four years for some of you freshmen, six for some of you junior high, one year. It doesn't end here. When you leave this culture, there's a possibility that you stop growing. There's a possibility that you're not going to be surrounded by people going in the same direction. Most likely, when you move out of here, that probably is going to be the case. But the thing that carries over is building an authentic relationship with people that won't end in a couple years. And guys, if you don't understand that or if you don't believe that, all I can do is just share my story. I've been going to this church basically my whole life. And we didn't really do small groups most of the time I was in high school. It wasn't really until I was a senior in high school that they launched small groups. Um, and at the time, I already knew that I wanted to be a youth pastor. I knew when I was a sophomore in high school. And I was pursuing that um, where, in many ways, uh, my former youth pastor was having me step into leadership in a lot of opportunities. So when we launched these small groups, the reason I say that is he made me a small group leader. And I was over the junior high. And at the time, it was just these people I knew. They'd been going to the church for a while. There were some people I didn't know. Um, let me tell you some of the people that were in this small group. Some of you know them. It was uh, Jordan McFatridge, Caleb Twyman, Jake and Josh Messner, Levi Twyman, and Ethan Yates. So I'm a senior in high school. These guys are significantly younger than me at the time. And... You know, we, on a weekly basis, just started meeting. Every single Wednesday, we had time for small group. Years later, for the record, I wrote this down, um, Alex actually was added to the small group, and also um, Connor. So we would meet, and what's really cool is, over the time of us meeting, we built something that was powerful. Because when our revival small group ended, it didn't really end. Yes, we stopped meeting on Wednesdays, but we would still do small group all the time. And it wasn't like it was titled. It wasn't like we're like, hey, like, 
You guys want to come to small group tomorrow night? We wouldn't tie it like that, but we would still do small group. I remember after they started graduating, the group that we developed was really something where they had been with me in the good times, and they'd also been with me in the bad times. A few examples I can give you guys that are more recent is, well, if you guys don't know, I'm married. Yeah, quick plug, quick plug. And so, me and my wife got engaged like a month before COVID was a thing. And so, we planned everything, had it set, COVID hit. And rut row, we had to change plans. And the wedding that we uh, planned, we pretty much had to cut. And we still, we still ended up getting married, but it was like, there was like eight people there. It was like immediate family. And the thing is, like, it was a really hard season for, for Tori. It was a hard season for me. I just sucked. And it wasn't like I called anyone up and said, hey, can we just do a small group? Like, what they did, I remember, um, they said, hey, Zach, is this day open? Because we want to um, basically put on like a bachelor party for you. We know you're not doing one, like you can't really because of COVID. And all your, your groomsmen are not doing anything. But we, we just want to, we want to do that for you. And for me, that was something like, man, like, you guys are there for me. You guys are there for me in this time of need. And I don't call my small group, but that's something that has been built that's powerful. We, we've built a relationship that goes beyond what it used to be on a weekly basis for Wednesday. And then in the good times, I mean, there's a lot of them, thankfully. The one example I'll tell you is, you know, we would go to some random house. It used to be the Twymans all the time. And we would just play board games for hours and hours and hours and hours. Um, the most notable one was Munchkin. Has anyone, like, ever played that game, Munchkin? <laughs> we, it almost broke, it almost broke my, my relationship with Alex. <laughs> but, but we would, we would just, like, <laughs> and it's a rough game, it's a rough game. Um, but it, it's just this thing where we, we would get together, and it wasn't like planned. We just do it and just hang out, build relationship as we played games, and just had a good time. I'll explain to you after. I'll explain to you after. But the reason I say all this, guys, at the end of the day, is to just explain to you that 
when you buy in to this culture fully, the potential outcome is something, excuse me, is something that doesn't just end in a matter of years. And that every other culture, culture we've talked about, I haven't been able to say that. I haven't, able to, I haven't, haven't been able to say that, hey, it doesn't matter when you graduate, when you move on. You're still going to have this culture. For this one, you can. And my desire is for every single one of you to have that. It is. And for us, guys, when we're together on mission, we're doing that when we're in small groups. We're together on mission, and we're doing that when we're worshiping. We're doing that when we're participating in outreach, when we're going to Chick-fil-A, or when we have lock-ins. It doesn't matter what we do in revival. The culture that we want to have ingrained in us. And everything we do is that. If we can get um, the keys uh, started. Or if not, um, some just background music. And get the lights